this morning. Speaking of seats, I'm sure you noticed on your chair this morning was a small card there inviting you to First Wednesday. First Wednesday is happening this Wednesday, uh, the 4th of January. We're going to all be in the house. Uh, we're bringing to, to minister on, on Wednesday Israel Campbell, just a tremendous minister. Some of our, I think most of us, he'd be a favorite of our, of our church. Uh, he's going to be here on First Wednesday this week uh, bringing a word. We're going to have our, our, our campus in, 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 up north is going to be with us. And so just want to let you know, make, make it part of your plan to be with us on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. It's always great. First Wednesday is always a wonderful, wonderful time uh, in the house of God. Also, this Saturday is our men's breakfast. So at 9 a.m., first Saturday of the year, we're going to have a breakfast for all the guys. We're all going to be getting together. We're going to meet across the street in the vault. Look forward to having all the guys together. We're going to eat together. Um, we're going to spend some time in worship to, to, together. And then we're going to get into the word together. We're going to be a great, great time. Want want to see all of the guys there. Also want to let you know, those of you that completed the Bible reading plan, congratulations. You made it through I made it through the Bible, the entire word of God in one year. I know, I know some of us that's a little bit difficult to do, but if you stuck with it, give yourselves a big round of applause. All right. All right. We do want to make sure that you know that we have an, we have the Bible plan available. It starts today. I've already I've already taken care of day one. If you want to follow along with us as a church uh, through the Bible daily reading plan, why don't you go ahead and scan that code and and you can join our church in the U Version app. And in our church, um, uh, if you click on our church, you'll find that plan available for you. And uh, we want to we want to read the Word of the Lord together. We want to enjoy the Word of the Lord together. We believe that God speaks to us through his word, that his promises are found in his word. And so we read the word of God here at Elevate Ministries. Amen. And so why don't you, why don't you if, you're, if you haven't signed on to that plan, you can go ahead and do that even right now. Amen. So we're beginning a brand new series at the beginning of uh, 2023. And the series is really going to go into full effect next week. But the, but the theme is going to be end goal. And the idea of end goal is we want to put our eyes on the prize. How many would say amen to that? We want to put our eyes on the prize. I think, I think so many people, I think so many even churches and ministries just kind of allow life to just to kind of come to them. Just kind of allow life just to kind of happen to them. Whatever happens just sort of happens. But how many know that's not how God's called us to be? It's not how God's called us to live. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul's writing, and he says this. He says, I press on. Somebody say press on. I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press toward the goal to win the prize for, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the kind of life God's called us to. This isn't a passive, let's wait around and let's find out what happens and whatever happens in 23, I guess that's what's going to take place. I think God's called us to a different kind of life and, and the kind of life he's called us to, we just read about it, is to take hold. It's a, it's a take hold kind of life. In some translations, the word take hold is translated apprehend and, and that's what it means. It means to, to grab a hold of or, or catch a hold of something or to make it your own. It, it can also mean, and, and it's used in other places in, in scripture, it can also mean comprehend. So when we take hold of something, not only do we grab it, but we also begin to understand it. We, be, we begin to see. In John 1, 5, you'll see that word used. It says that, that uh, John's describing Jesus and says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. That comprehend is that take hold word. And so there's this idea that darkness couldn't see it, couldn't understand it, couldn't catch it. And so you get this picture, what, 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 what Paul is trying to paint for us is that in order for us to see what God has for us, it's going to take a little effort. It's going to take some striving, some pushing. Are you with me today? Some straining to, to take hold, to apprehend, and to comprehend. And I think each believer, every person in this room, you have a unique responsibility to see what God has for your life. You can't leave it to the church or to your friends or to your parents or whoever else is in your life. You can't leave it up to them to find out your destiny. 
That's something that you have to discover for yourself. And the truth is, is your, the passion that, that God has for your life, you'll find it when you find your purpose, when you see what God has for you. And so th- what I want to uh, minister to you this morning is, is this thought that you're going to have to fight to see in 23. You're, you're going to have to fight to see in 23. And this is why heading into 2023, I think what we need as a church and as individuals is night vision. Somebody say night vision. Say, say night vision. Night vision is, is the ability to see in the dark. You know that our, our troops, our American soldiers, uh, they have an advantage over many armies because they don't have to sleep at night. They can put on night vision goggles and they can continue to make war in, in the night. Night vision is a very, very great advantage that you can have. And I believe God's called us all as Christians to have night vision, the ability to see even when it's dark. You know what I'm talking about. How many know that times are, are kind of dark once in a while? We've seen some dark times, some difficult seasons that have come, but I think God wants us to see, he wants to give us the ability to see even in difficult times. Are you with me today? And, and here's the thing, humans don't naturally have the, the ability to see in the dark. We're, we're not created biologically as nocturnal creatures. That's why we sleep at night, or at least most of us sleep at night. I, I went to bed at 8.30 last night. Most of us sleep at night, but, but there are nocturnal animals that hunt in the dark. You can, you, I was in South Africa uh, for, for Drew and Lisa's um, uh, wedding, and, and while we were there, we had the privilege of joining my in-laws. We went on an on a, uh, African safari, and, and one of the things about African safari, when do you see the animals is very early in the morning and later in the evening, and the reason is, is because those, those animals come out to hunt, and they hunt at night. And the reason they hunt at night is because they're nocturnal creatures. The lions and the tigers and the cheetahs, they come out at night because behind their retina is a layer in their eye. And this layer, it, it, it gives them the ability not only to receive light, but it actually refracts light up to three times, giving them the unique ability to see in the dark. We don't have that layer. When it's dark, we need light to see. We don't have that layer. It's a biological fact that humans are not nocturnal. We can't, we don't have night vision. And I think that's true in the natural. That yes, we don't have the ability to see in the dark, but when you come to Christ, and when you come into the kingdom, the spirit of God can supernaturally give you the ability to see in the dark. Are you with me today? The ability to see even when it's tough, even when circumstances are hard, even in difficult times, we can still have vision. We can still see the road ahead. It's a promise from the word of God. All right? We know the word of God says that in the last days, the perilous times will come. We've seen that happening. We know that in the last days that God prophesied that there's going to be a great falling away, and and we've seen that happen. But God says that even in those dark times, he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He says that your sons and daughters are going to prophesy, your young men are going to see visions, and your old men are going to dream dreams. That means he's given us the ability to see in the dark. Somebody shout amen. I believe God wants us to see in 23. Now, I love the 1st of January. And the reason I love the 1st of January is because I finished the Bible reading plan, all right? I've completed it, an entire year of it, and I want to congratulate those of you that did the same thing with me. Today is a great day. If you didn't read the Bible throughout the year, today's a great day to start. But every year, what I try to do is is make God's Word a priority, but I try to switch it up and kind of read the Scriptures through a different translation. So every year, I'll, I'll read it through a different translation. Last year, I read the New Living Translation. This year, I'm reading the ESV. I don't even know what it means. It probably stands for uh, the Everything Standard Version or something like that. I don't really know. But, but the ESV is what I'm going to read from. And so I, I read this text actually this morning. And so in the ESV Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 which we read on the first day of January every year says this. It says this, that in the beginning, God created, somebody say created, the heavens and the earth, and the earth was, out, was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water, and then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, the reason I, I, I read this 
portion of scripture today is because God always leads by example. That's one thing you're going to find about God, that God always leads by example. And in this text, what we read here this morning is that God created the heavens and the earth. He created the galaxy. He created the cosmos. He created the planets. He, he created the earth. But it's not until verse 3 that he turns the light on. I don't know if you saw that, but we just read it. So he created all this stuff. He created the earth and the heavens. But then in verse 3, he turns the light on. And so that means that God actually created in the dark. He created in the, in the dark, and then he turned the lights on. I don't know, if, did you guys see that today? So, so science and biology would tell us that in order for the eye to see, that, mean, that light must be present. And what God is showing us in this, this text here this morning, that he does his creating through vision and not by sight. Are you hearing me today? What is sight? Well, sight is the ability to see what's right in front of you. It's what you're, it's what you're doing right now. Your, your eyes are seeing what's right in front of you. But vision is the ability to dream ahead of you. It's, it's the ability to see beyond what's right in front of you. Proverbs 29, we know the scripture says where there's no vision, people perish. So I think on January, 20, on January 1st, there's probably churches today, there's a lot of messages being preached. And I'm sure there's a ton of messages talking about vision. And I, I understand why. It's the, it's the first of the year. But plenty of churches are probably talking about the vision of their church. And, and probably hoping to some degree that the people of the church would toss their personal vision aside and would join the vision of the church because, because they wanna, they, the pastor wants you to come under his vision because more than one vision is division, and we want a unified vision to build the kingdom of God. I'm sure that's what's happening, all right? But I've always had a hard time landing on that. that I've always had a difficult time because our heart at Elevate Ministries is to raise up visionaries. Our heart is to raise up people that have a vision for their own life, for their own family, for their own ministry, for, for their own business. And, and so I want to say something to you maybe this morning that might cause you to scratch your head a little bit. Because at Elevate Ministries, our, our mission isn't just to get people saved. Actually, Jesus didn't say go into all the world and get people saved. That's not what he said. He said to go into the world and make disciples make disciples and so here's the truth when i gave my life to christ i i was 100 saved all right when i gave my life to christ i was 100 saved i was 100 i was going to heaven jesus came into my heart i was born again i was going to heaven 100 saved but here's the truth i was also 99.999 percent jacked up I was, I was jacked up. I was a mess. My thinking was screwed up. My, my, my habits weren't, weren't right. Uh, my default patterns, the way that I thought, they weren't good. And that's why when you come into this house, you also may be 100% saved, but also 99.9999% jacked up, all right? And so when you come into this house, it's, we don't just want you to get saved, although that's very important to us. Not only do we want to lead you to Christ, but we want to help you get Get rid of the things that are limiting you in your life. We want to help you get rid of the stuff that may be holding you back, that's stopping you from, 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 from doing what God's called you to do. It's keeping you down. We're a discipleship church. We're an empowering church. And because of this, because of this type of thinking and this kind of preaching, there's people that have come up come and, and they've kind of accused us of having like a prosperity uh, faith type preaching teaching i guess the reason is because we actually preach that god has more for you and we we preach that that that, that you have if you have faith to believe that all things are possible like stuff like that we, we teach that that you're the head and not the tail that you're above only and not beneath that we teach that god's got a plan for your life that he wants to bring increase to your life and so when people accuse us because of this type of preaching that somehow we're a, a hyper faith or a prosperity type church I, I i just have to tell you yes yes that's true 
And, and I think people, the reason people have a problem with, with that is because they think, well, if you preach like that and, and God blesses people, well, they'll, they'll, they'll look to the blessing and then they'll become selfish about their, their own life. But I want to tell you something. From Genesis to Revelation, God is wanting to prosper his people. I read it over and over. I can't even find a text that God doesn't want you to flourish. Like I read it over and over again. Psalm 35 says, great is the Lord. And look what it says, who delights in the prosperity of his people. And so those who have a problem with this type of preaching would say, well, yeah, but if God prospers you, you'll become selfish and you'll forget God. And I guess that's true. Like God could bless you with so much stuff that you could end up buying a yacht and on Sunday mornings, instead of coming to church, you could lay out on that luxury yacht and and do all that stuff. But if you'll find that if you come to this church, if you're part of this ministry or any of our locations, we're going to teach unapologetically that we honor the Lord with the first fruits of our income, all right? The first fruits of all our possessions and all of our increase. We're going to teach that you bring your, all of your tithes and your offerings to the storehouse. We're going to teach what the Apostle Paul taught in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where, where, where Paul says that God is able to bless you abundantly. Why? So that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound or you'll be able to give to every good work. God wants you blessed and abounding. God wants to give you vision that will enable you to live blessed and abounding. Why does he want you to be blessed and abounding? The reason is, is so that you'll be able to give and contribute to every good work. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. And you'll find that the thing that keeps you from becoming greedy is giving. Greedy people don't give. And giving people don't greed. And so God has no problem with you flourishing. He actually wants you to flourish. He wants to give you a vision for your life that will enable you to flourish. So here at Elevate Ministries, we want to raise up visionaries because we believe if you don't have a faith or a dream or a vision that you're living for right now, then you're going to have nothing to exercise your faith with. We want to be people of faith. We want to be, we want to be people that, that believe God for the impossible. Think about Goliath and, and David. Here's this young boy, David, stood uh, before this giant. This giant's been defying the armies of the living God day in and day out. And here's this 16-year-old kid. He goes right up to, to, to Goliath. He goes right to the battlefield. Actually, King Saul pulls him aside and says, says David, you can't fight him. I mean, I mean, you're just a boy. This guy, has, this guy has, has been a warrior from the time that he was a boy. But David said to Saul, he says, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And, and, and there was, when a lion came around or a bear came around and tried to take a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard. I struck him and killed him. Your servant struck down both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he's defied the armies of the living God and David said the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David go and the Lord be with you and so what we're seeing here is David he's saying to he's saying to King Saul he's saying hey look because I exercised faith because I exercised vision in a private area in my life, now I can be a warrior in the public sphere. Now I can defeat enemies uh, in the public arena, in the public square. God wants you to dream. He wants you to have vision. It's the greatest way that God can raise up faith-filled warriors is by people living with a dream. And see what Satan wants. Yeah, it's, it's tough, I know. What Satan wants is Satan wants the only, the only person with faith to be the pastor. That's, that's what Satan wants. Satan is happy if, if the only one living with faith is the pastor, the only one that prays for healing is the pastor, the only one that, that's anointed is the pastor. That's what, that's what Satan wants. But at, at Elevate Ministries, we value empowerment, and we say it like this. You are important in God's plan. And we believe that the things that God's placed in your heart and the things that you're believing God for, we don't believe that's an accident. We don't believe it's a coincidence that the dream that you have and the 
idea that's in your heart that, that God has put in your spirit. We believe in Revelation 17, 17, it says this, that God put it in their heart to establish his purpose. In other words, whatever's in your heart, God put it there so that his will could be accomplished through you. And so our job as the church is to help you get out what God has placed in your heart. Somebody shout amen. That's my introduction. All right, that's my introduction. I'm going fast and furious today. I want to give you three quick thoughts, all right? Three quick thoughts this morning, and, and, this is, and, and here's point number one. A God vision causes you to see in the dark. See, what Satan wants to do is he wants to snuff out the vision God's given you. He, he wants to, to put a dark cloud over that idea. How many have had that happen to you? A dream that God gave you, something God spoke to you and put into your, to your heart, circumstances and things come in your life and all of a sudden it feels like that dream will never happen that it will never become a reality and satan wants to make it very difficult for you actually almost impossible for you to actually see through the darkness see through that cloud to see the promises that you've been believing for even from a young person that's why we've got to have night vision we have to have the ability to see even in the dark even when it's hard, and here's this, this text we read today, that God creates the heavens and the earth, and in verse 3, he turns the light on, and he's modeling for us that we have to be able to see in the dark. We've got to have vision, so God creates, and then he, he, he creates even when he can't see. He's, he's got vision, he creates with vision. And so maybe for you, you're here this morning, or maybe you're listening online, and for, for you, maybe 2022 was a year of darkness. Maybe when you look back, like a lot of people do at the end of the year, you look back over all the things that happened in your family or, or all the things that maybe happened on your job, in your finances, at your workplace, uh, all the different things that happened in life. Maybe you look back and, and, if, and, and you think to yourself, man, if they would have told me what 2022 would, was going to be like, I just would have gone to sleep on January 1st and woke up on December 31st. I just would have hibernated and, and, and tried not to, not, not, to, not to see it at all. But, 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 but maybe you woke up today and you think, oh, it's a new year. It's January 1st, like all things new. We're going we're gonna to start over. There's something, it feels good to kind of start fresh on a new year. But I do want to tell you today that, that even though today is January 1st, there's nothing magical about the calendar. All right? There's no magic in the dates. There's, I know you may be thinking, well, 2022 is gone. 2023 uh, is here. Maybe you think, I, I don't know if I could endure another year like 2022, but I'm, I'm here today to tell you there's nothing magical in the calendar. I mean, just because we flipped the page doesn't mean your enemies went away. Like all of a sudden, you know, God, Satan is saying, you know, 2023, I'm not going to mess with that year. I'm just going to kind of leave it alone. And, and, and maybe, maybe before you start thinking, oh, man, I knew I shouldn't have come today. I stayed up late. You got pessimistic Pedro up here preaching. And, you know, you, oh, you, uh, negative Nancy up there speaking. Listen, I, I want you to, maybe last year you were blindsided by some stuff. Maybe some things happened. Maybe you were hit hard relationally. Maybe you were hit hard financially. Maybe emotionally you, you, you took some hits or even spiritually. Those enemies that were there in 2022 are still here today. But I want to put faith on, uh, inside of you this morning. I, I want to put faith on the inside of you that 2023 is going to be monumentally better. And the reason it's going to be better is not because the enemies have been erased. No, it's because the enemies have been exposed. You know who they are. I mean, you've, you've been able to see him, and now your advantage is, is that I can see the enemy. I, I, I know who the enemy is. Listen, you can't defeat an enemy until you recognize who your enemy is and what your enemy is up to. Psalm 110 says, says, says that the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion and rule in the midst of your enemies. I, I want you just to look at the end of that, that text. I just, I just love that because Israel has always had to rule in the midst of its enemies. I mean, just look on a map and you're going to see that Israel's surrounded by enemies. Every, everywhere, every, from all sides, enemies have surrounded, but somehow Israel somehow manages to do okay. So God's always made it to where his people. 
people would be able to rule, not in the absence of enemies, but rule in the midst of her enemies. Listen, God didn't wipe out all of, all of Israel's enemies. He just caused her to rule in the midst of them. Are you hearing me today? And so this year, I'm declaring to you that your enemies aren't going to be erased, but you are going to be able to rise up and rule in the midst of your enemies. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen. I don't, I don't want you to see according to the darkness. I mean, it's easy to look around and see all of the things that we're up against. I mean, it's easy to see all of the problems. It's easy to look at all that. But I want you to see according to the light of God. Psalm 119 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Come on. It's a light unto my path. What's that say? It says that God's word illuminates. God created the heavens in the, and the earth. And the reason he was able to create is because he had a picture in his mind of what he wanted. And God created us that way. He created us with vision. Vision is your ability to see beyond what's right in front of you. So what might be right in front of you right now? What might be right in front of you right now? You may be tapped out financially, depleted. You, you might be facing crippling credit card debt. You may be behind on your mortgage. You may be trying to find a new place to live. You, you, you may, might be looking for a new place of employment. What might be right in front of you right now? Maybe for you it's relational problems. Maybe, maybe in front of you right now you're, is, is divorce. Your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe your children are estranged from you. Maybe there's been broken trust. What's right in front of you right now? Maybe for you you're dealing with sickness right now. Maybe you're dealing with disease or a loved one is dealing with disease in your family. Or maybe what's in front of you right now might be emotional trauma. All of us have different things that are in front of us right now. I want to, I want to encourage you today, don't allow the residue of what's happened over the last few years, what's happened in 2022, don't, don't allow what the enemy has done, don't, don't allow what, those things to define the dreams that God's put in your heart. Instead, say, devil, get your hands off the thermostat of my life. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to determine the, the course of my life. And in 2022, yeah, I may have suffered some losses, but guess what? In 2023, we're getting it all back with interest. Our businesses are going to flourish. Our marriages are going to flourish. Our families are, are going to flourish. Our children are going to flourish. Our ministry is going to flourish. Everything's coming back in 2023. How many believe that? A God vision causes you to see in the dark. Point two is that a God vision sees beyond your lifetime. In Genesis chapter 15, you guys would be aware of this story. It's a, it's a tremendous story, and I really want you to, to grab this this morning. But in, in Genesis 15, Abraham is in his tent, and he's had some rough years, a lot of them, a lot of them stringed together. He's had a, plenty, of, plenty of rough years, and God comes to Abraham, he's in his tent. It's, it's almost like you could picture it being New Year's Eve. And he's just sitting in his tent thinking about the year and thinking all the things that happened. And, and so God comes and visits him right in his tent. And God says to Abraham, he's trying to remind him, he's trying to cheer him up. He says, Abraham, don't you know that I'm your exceedingly great reward? Don't you know I'm your exceedingly great reward? And Abraham says to God in so many words, this, you can kind of picture the whole uh, uh, kind of conversation going back and forth. But, but Abraham basically says, yeah, God, you've blessed me. I'm so grateful. I, I look around and, and, and I thank you. You've given me so much silver and you've given me so much gold and I've got cattle and I've got sheep. And, and so God, yes, I thank you for all of this stuff. Like, that's awesome. But then in verse three, Abraham points out to God and says this. He says, look, God, You've given me no offspring. And so thankful, I'm thankful for all this stuff, but, but all of this stuff is just going to end up in the hands of my servant Eleazar, not even my own son. I'm not even going to be able to, to be able to give something down to, to a child. He's, he basically says, God, look what you haven't given me. Look, look at this situation that I'm in. But look what God does next in verse 5. I love this. The Bible says that, he, that God brings Abraham outside and says, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. He says, I want you to look up and count the stars. 
as numerous as the stars in the sky and as numerous as the sand on the seashore, that's going to be your, your descendants. Now, I started to think about this story. Why didn't God just leave Abraham in the tent? Like, why didn't God just agree with Abraham's plea? What Abraham was saying wasn't untrue. Like, what Abraham was bringing up to God was, was absolutely correct. Like, he had no kids. He, he's had a great life, a full life. He's 100 years old. He's got no kids. So why didn't, why didn't God just kind of agree with Abraham's plea and, and maybe say, you know what, Abraham, you're right. I'm not good at, you know, peripheral vision. Like, I, I missed it. I was so busy giving you stuff that I forgot about Sarah's biological issues. You know, I, I apologize for that. I, I admit I might have some foresight uh, issues, uh, some oversight issues. I failed to notice kind of what you're going through, Abraham. That's not what God does. All right? But I think a lot of us, we can have the same problem that Abraham has. We can kind of deal with, the, with our issues the same way Abraham is doing. We can be in our tent looking at what we don't have. Are you with me today? We could be in our tent just kind of looking at how cruel life has been, maybe rehearsing over and over again the circumstances we've had to go through and the limitations that, that we have in our lives, maybe the ceilings that are over us, or maybe the background that we've had to endure. We're just kind of sitting in our tent. And here's Abraham. He's been in this tent since he was a young man. He's been sitting in this tent for a very long time, but God, he, he brings him out of the tent he brings them out of that tent, and basically what he's saying is, Abraham, you need fresh vision. <laughs> You've been looking at the same thing for a long time. You, you need fresh vision. You've been only looking at what's right in front of you. you. You've only been staring at what's right in front of you in your tent. You've just been looking around the confines of this small little tent. And, and, and I, I want to tell you something. You, you've got to change that vision in order to see what's next. So before I can change what's in Sarah's womb, Abraham, I first have to adjust what's in your sight. I have to change your vision. Before I can change your circumstance, before I can change your situation, I've got to change what's in your vision. And so here's the truth. We know that God could have easily answered Abraham's prayer. Have you ever wondered why God doesn't just answer the prayer? kind of dealing with the same thing, you know God can do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know God can do it, and you pray, you believe, and you wonder, well, why can't, why doesn't God just answer it? I mean, God could have easily fixed Sarah's fertility issues. Right? I mean, he created Sarah. Like, that's an easy thing to fix. It's, it's not a big deal. He could have said, okay, Abraham, okay, Sarah, there you go. It'll work now. I fixed it. Try again. He, he could have done that, right? But that's not what he does. Instead, he says to Abraham, Abraham, the problem's not in Sarah's womb. That's not the issue. See, Abraham, what he wanted was just a biological son. What Abraham wanted was just an heir. He just wanted an heir to, to, to pass down his stuff to. He wanted his DNA in a son to be the heir of his house. But that's not what God had in mind. See, God wants to give you vision, not your vision. God wants to give you something so much greater than that. God had something so much greater in mind. He didn't just want Abraham to have a son. He wanted something so much more than that. So he says to Abraham, I got to get you to come out of your tent. I've got to get you to step outside. I've got to get you to stop looking at your tent. Instead, I've got to get you to look up and try to count the stars if you're able. More will your descendants be than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Look, I know you want a son. And if I fix Sarah's womb, you'll have a son. But Abe, what I'm trying to get you to do is believe for the impossible. You want a son, I want a nation. This is what God's thing, saying. He's saying, you want a son, I want a nation. And I don't just want a nation. I want a nation of a people of faith. That's what I want. So if I touch Sarah's womb, I can put a baby in there. 
Like, that's no big deal for me. I, I, I can just maybe fix what's broken in her uterus. I can put a baby in there. But I'm trying to do something so much more than that. I'm looking to establish on the earth a people, a people of faith. And so God takes Abraham out of his tent and so that he could look up. And as he's looking up, what God's doing is putting faith on the inside of him. Are you with me today? He's putting faith on the inside of him that would begin to create a cocoon. A cocoon that would, would birth a legacy, that would birth a legacy of a people of faith. Let me tell you something. The greatest legacy that you could leave in your children is not life. It's not breath. It's not education. It's, it's not, it's not a, a, a finances. It's not a bank account. It's not something that they'll inherit. The greatest thing that you can leave, the legacy you can give your children is an atmosphere of faith. Are you with me today? A cocoon of faith, favor with God. You see it all through the scriptures, and it started with Abraham. Because Abraham had to believe God, Isaac came. And God, God's favor was, was on Isaac, and from Isaac, Jacob was born, and the favor of God is on Jacob. And you can just follow right down through the tree, and here comes along little 16-year-old David taking on a giant. And you can see Moses, he leaving everything he has to, to be a deliverer of God's people. You can see Joshua standing before this, this big city of Jericho. He has the faith to believe that God can crush the walls. How did that happen? It was put inside of them. It was a cocoon, a legacy that was birthed in Abraham when he got outside of his tent and looked up at the stars. Somebody say amen. All because something was birthed in Abraham. Let me tell you something. God wants to do the same thing with you. He wants to birth something inside of you. And you may say today, like, you know, 2022 was just unnecessarily difficult. Where was God? Maybe you're looking over the past few weeks and you're thinking, man, where was God? Like, I prayed for this. What, what, what happened? I mean, where, where's the promises? I'm telling you, what, maybe what you think you need is a financial breakthrough. Maybe what you, you think that you need is, is just to pay the rent, but God's up to something greater. All right? Whatever the enemy, enemy means for evil, God wants to use that to turn it around for the good. Because you're exercising now, not just, not just, not just praying a, a remote prayer, but now you're exercising a faith muscle that will give birth to something that's going to outlast you, that's going to go way beyond you. God wants to give you a vision that you can't com complete in your lifetime. That's why he said, Abraham, come out of your tent. Stop staring at what's right in front of you. Stop looking at what you don't have. Stop, 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 stop rehearsing how cruel life has been. Stop rehearsing all the circumstances, all the limitations, all the ceiling, all the backgrounds. Come up out of that tent. Look up and see the stars if you're able. Dream a dream. God wants you to dream a dream that the generations after you carry out. That's what we're about. That's what we want to see happen. Come out of your tent. Number three, point three. And I want to make this real quick. I'm running out of time today. A God vision causes you to see through the storms. I mean, you see this all the way through Scripture. A vision that God gives you allows you to see past storms. I mean, you can look at, look at a young guy, a famous story in the Bible, Joseph. We're all, we're all aware Joseph has this amazing dream. He wakes up from the dream. He gathers his brothers. He gets everybody together, and he, he just tells them everything that, that, that he dreamt, and all of a sudden, People are jealous. People are ticked off. Before Joseph knows it, he's betrayed. He's sold into slavery. He's falsely accused. He's now in prison. He's in prison. He's, he's a Hebrew. Like he's, he's out of place. He's a foreigner. And he's been falsely accused of, of attempting to rape his ex-boss's wife. I mean, it's not looking good for, for Joseph. How, how many would say this is a storm? Like, like everything about this this life, everything about what Joseph experienced is basically saying that that dream you had was a, it was a nightmare. Like that, that, that's, that's never, never going to happen. But somehow Joseph was able to hold on to that dream and hold on to that vision even after decades of disappointment. His vision was greater than the storms his life produced. His, his, he had a vision that was greater than the circumstances. And so whatever came against his life, he was able to endure it and maintain his vision. 
That's the kind of vision God wants to give you. I read a quote about his life. It says this. It says, when other prisoners saw the bars, Joseph saw the stars. That's what God wants to do. That's what he wants to produce inside of you. He wants to produce inside of you a vision that sees in the dark. It sees in the dark. It sees beyond what's in front of you. You know, sometimes we can look around and what we see is just darkness. That's what we end up talking about. You ever notice that? And we see all the problems and we're rehearsing them to each other. Can you believe this happened? Can you believe that happened? We're posting and reposting and we're, we're basically bringing light to all of the difficulties and all of the darkness. God wants you to see beyond that. He wants to give you a vision that sees, that has a vision even through the darkness. God wants to give you a vision that goes beyond your lifetime. I think a lot of times we think about the here and now so much, don't we? We think about our situation, what we're facing right this very moment. And, and God can easily fix your situation, whatever it is. Like he could easily answer a quick prayer that you've prayed even at the beginning of this year. But maybe God's trying to do something bigger than just check off a prayer request. Maybe God's trying to do something bigger with you. Maybe he's got, trying to, to exercise your belief muscle, your faith muscle, so that what he does outlasts you. It's not just a here and now quick fix, but something that God wants to do in you and through you and pass on from you. A vision that sees, goes beyond your lifetime and God wants to give you a vision that sees in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the circumstances of life, like Joseph, many people only see the bars, only see the, the storm, the problem. But God wants, to, God wants to give you a vision that sees even in the midst of all those things. And you know, every year what I try to do is as it gets toward the end of the year, as I open up my little note app on my phone and I start to write out some things that I want to accomplish with my life in the upcoming year. I do it every year. And so there's just all kinds of little goals. It may be books I want to read. It, it, it may be things I want to see happen in our church. It may be things I want to see happening in my family, in my finances, in my physical body, whatever the case may be. I try to write out a bunch of, of um, goals for my life. And a lot of times what I'm writing at the beginning of the year I mean, some of it's just basic stuff, but sometimes I'll put some pretty ridiculous goals on there. Anybody do that? Like, I'll just, I'll just throw out some really ridiculous goals and just kind of, kind of throw, throw them out there. And here's the thing. When I get to the end of the year, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but a lot of times the ridiculous ends up becoming miraculous. Especially when I'm writing goals about ministry, about our church and what we're, what we're shooting for. I think God takes your ridiculous and turns it into miraculous. I think, I think it was miraculous for a 100-year-old man to believe that his 90-year-old wife would conceive and bring forth a son. Yet the ridiculous unlocked God's miraculous. So I want to give you permission today to go ridiculous. Go ridiculous. We were sitting in a, in a meeting with our, our pastoral staff this is the last quarter of the year and we were starting to talk about our church and dreams that we had and things that we need to accomplish and last year I don't know if you remember but in January we were talking about man we needed staff you guys remember that we needed to, we needed to hire staff we wanted to really go and place an effort in connecting people to people and people to their purpose and so we were going to roll the dice and we were going to we were going to go go hard and heavy and uh it seemed kind of like an impossible task, but we ended up bringing on April and, and bringing her on staff the, la the last half of this year. What a tremendous, tremendous blessing that's been. Already fruit just happening as a result of that. So, so exciting. But what that's done is created a little bit of a financial pressure on our church, like a strain. And so we got together as a staff and we started to talk like, hey, our leverage is gone. Like we're, 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 we're living right up to the margins as a congregation. So what do we believe in God for? And I said, I'm believing. I believe God wants us to pay off this building. And we didn't have any idea what, what's left on this building. What, what would it cost to pay this building off? 
And so I just thought, well, it's got, it's, it's got to be doable. We, we could totally do it. Why, why, why not? Why not, God? Because if we're able to pay off this building, all of a sudden it opens up new opportunity for us. And we're always looking for opportunity to take steps and march forward, right? And so I, I, I went to Pastor Carl. I was like, hey, 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 Dad, um, you know, we were talking and we, we really want to, we feel like God wants us to pay off this building. And, uh, you know, so how much is on it? How much is left on it? And he's like, ah, uh, I think it's 400000 And all of a sudden, like, my throat got, because, I mean, we just kind of, like, we're talking real confident about paying off this building. And all of a sudden, like, I got this lump in my throat. Like, oh, man, like, that's, that's a lot of money. Like, that's, that's, that's kind of, maybe, maybe that's a 2025 goal. You know, maybe we can put it there for 2025. But as we got near to the end of the year, and actually I stopped kind of talking about it with the guys, like let's let's think of some, let's let's come up with some more vision, you know. But then what's crazy is is my dad brought it up. He's like, weren't you guys talking like you had a vision like to, to pay off this building? And I was like, um, yeah, we yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of mentioned in a meeting, you know. It's like, but I just went ahead and and uh, I left there. I went to my little notes app. And as a goal and a vision for our church, I said, we're gonna pay off this building, get out from under this so that we can march forward. I believe, yeah, it's ridiculous, but I believe our ridiculous unlocks God's miraculous. I believe God can do anything. And so I believe we're gonna see our vision, what God's placed in our hearts, we're gonna see that accomplished. There's so many other things that we're, we're excited about, but I just wanted to kind of share with you a little bit of a ridiculous in a challenge that maybe for you, maybe you would do that. Maybe even right now, you'd say, you know what, that's, there's, some, there's a ridiculous idea in my brain. It may be a business that you've thought about. It, it, it may be a relationship that you wanna mend. It, I mean, there's the spectrum. It, it could be a sickness you're trying to overcome. It could be all kinds of things. But I'm, I'm challenging you to step out of kind of the comfort zone and say, you know what, I'm going ridiculous in 2023. I wanna see I want vision for something greater than I, I can imagine because, because that's what God wants for you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. And the reason he wants you to abound is so that you're always able to give and be a part and to be a contributor. I believe God wants to bless you this year. How many believe that? How many are believing for something ridiculous? How many say, you know what? I got a ridiculous idea. Let me see your hand. I got a ridiculous idea. I got something big I'm believing God. If that's you, just stand to your feet all over this room. I got something big I'm believing God for. Something ridiculous. Listen, God's into the ridiculous. Actually, our ridiculous becomes his miraculous. Tell me believe that. Our ridiculous becomes his miraculous. Lord, we lift up our ridiculous to you. Lord, the visions that you've given us for our family, Lord, the vision you've given us for our ministry, the vision that we're believing for our finances, Lord, the vision that we're believing for for our health, Lord, Lord, all the different areas in our lives, some things seem insurmountable, almost impossible, but God, your word says that with God, all things are possible, and today we are with God. Come on, say, I am with God. I am with God, and because I am with God, literally all things are possible, and so Lord, I'm believing for the ridiculous. I'm believing big this year, God. I'm believing you'll use my life in ways I never imagined. Lord, I'm, I'm believing that you'll open up the windows and, and pour blessing in, in my life that I, I never imagined, Lord. I'm believing, Lord God, that the vision you gave me for a business, the vision you gave me for a person, the vision you've given me for my for my personal life, I'm believing that it's gonna, I'm gonna take steps toward that this year. Lord, that it may sound ridiculous on January 1st, 2023. Lord, but on December 31st, 2023, I believe it'll be a miraculous testimony, Lord, that I'll be able to declare it with my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Yeah, come on, if you're praying that prayer, just say amen all this place. Come on, agree with that prayer right now. Say amen. Lord, I'm believing your, my ridiculous becomes your miraculous, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, shout it out. Amen, amen. Yes. Come on, sing this out today. Oh, yes. And the dead will
vision and his vision was a restored relationship with you that's what God wanted that's ridiculous because all of us we've sinned we've fallen short we made a mess of our lives all of us unworthy God can't be in the presence of sin and so our sin makes it impossible impossible for a restored relationship with God to even exist but God had a vision of a relationship with you and because of that vision God was able to see through the storms he was able to see through the hardship he was able to endure Jesus endured everything because he loves you so much and maybe you're here today and you say you know what I don't have a relationship with God I want to invite you into one it's the best thing that you could ever experience it's why it's why so many people today are filled with joy in this room it's why so many people today have a new lease on life their family's been put back together it's a, it's a reason that, that 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 we're here and celebrating it's because we've experienced a renewed relationship with God maybe you're here today and say I want to give my life to, to Christ see God had a vision that your relationship with him could be restored and how does that happen I'll tell you how you just confess that Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood so that your sins could be forgiven and then you believe that because of that sacrifice and because he rose again that he conquered your sin that he defeated it once and for all and that sacrifice allows you to have a relationship with God once again it's very simple maybe you're in this room you say I want to give my life to Jesus I want a restored relationship with God if that's you raise your hand all this place I'd love to pray with you is there anyone like that today all over this place all over this place come on lift your hand if that's you if that's you amen father we thank you today God, we thank you for today that you can do anything Lord so we stand on the on the brink the doorstep the very first day of 2023 we're believing for the impossible we're believing for family members to turn to you we're believing for, for husbands to be to be reunited with wives we're looking for children to be brought back home we're looking for Lord all, all the great things that you have in store for us Lord help us to see help us to see and believe for the ridiculous all things are possible with God we thank you that you're with us today, that you never leave us and forsake us. Lord, lead us forward in this, this new year. We thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 Come on. So grateful you, 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 you made it here this morning. So grateful. It's going to be a great year. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a great year. God's going to do great things. God bless you. Happy New Year, everyone. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night, first Wednesday, 7 p.m.